Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod with Kyle Rush and Ben Taylor. What's up, everybody? We're back again. It's episode 279 of the Dad Bod Golf Pod. It's Kyle and Ben. The Masters, the Masters is over, and it's time to talk about it and everything that goes along with it. But first, we have to let you know that tonight's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the number one sports betting website in the country. We hope that you got a, a portion of the. I mean, John Rahm was one of the top three or four betting favorites. Hopefully, you picked him. Probably paid out pretty nice. Uh, sign up today. Use coupon code Bleed B L E A V. Get a fifty percent welcome bonus. Bonus. Uh, tons of stuff you can bet on. There's an online casino. Uh, just Tons of stuff you can have fun with. Uh, and the cool th- I, the thing I like about it is it's not one of those like floating balances where like you just like can, you could just screw around and run up a huge bill. You can put, you put, you control what you put in there. So that's, you know, you can cut yourself off pretty. You know what you don't control? What's that? What you lose when it's one in the morning and you've been in the Jack Daniels and you decided to start playing poker. You actually can control that because. <laughs> You are only limited to what you deposit. So right. there you go. That uh, online is where the game starts. All I, right. I seemed a little out of control. I'm just going to say that. Let me just say that. I seemed a little out of control. There you go. All right. So John Rom, Hold on. Before you get started. Go ahead. A little surprise, a little hot topic for you. Okay. So I jumped in the, I jumped in the pool, my wife's work pool yeah. for betting for the Masters. You yeah. pick four players. I got beat by a girl. Oh, yeah. Not only that, they're all mad at both of us because she finished first and I finished second, and she is the wife of a dude that works there. So basically two people that did not work there waxed everybody's rear end, and they're all mad at us. Love it. Hey. Well, I still want my money. I still want my money. I don't care. I still want my money. Rules are rules. (laughs) Pay it up. There they are. All right, so John Rahm – I don't. I don't want to. I, I guess he just survives, uh, outlasts everybody, wins the Masters. What a grueling, miserable weekend it had to have been. Oh. Um, he battled through uh, some of the worst conditions um, on sat on Friday and 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 Saturday and finished mm-hmm. off um, a solid second and third round um, or second round. Uh, I. I mean. It, he was going to win a Masters. Uh, he was going to win more majors eventually, um, mm-hmm. and he did it. He did it. He putted uh, like today, this morning, or yesterday morning, when they picked back up to start on seven when he had the birdie putt. I think he played um, – I think he played seven, eight, nine, and ten and, and only had like uh, – only had like – four or five putts through the first four or five yeah. holes. Like he, he was yeah. putting absolutely lights out, hit a little skid there. I mean, shoot, they played 30 holes. Like he hit a little bit yeah. of a putting skid, but he was just steady, hit a lot of ton of fairways. Um, and he hits it so far that when you, when he's hitting fairways, he's not going to miss greens. So you got to make a bunch of birdies to beat him. And uh, the putter got cold for Brooks and, I don't know if he got tired. I don't know if he just wasn't as sharp, but he just sort of wilted. Uh, mm. He added he had the um, lead all the way up to thirteen under and finished what seven or eight under. 
Uh, yeah, he had a bad day today. So uh, he had a bad day, which would have been the back half of the the back half of the third round, and then the whole. Yeah, they stopped round. on seven. So basically, he had a bad day of eight through eighteen, and then another eighteen. Correct. Correct. So, but a lot of good things to take away. Um, is what at what moment did you think it was pretty much over? Uh, was there that Rom was gonna, you know, he was gonna take it? I'm glad you asked this question because you posed this uh, whenever you sent the rapid fire questions. Right after you sent it, he addressed it in yeah. his press conference uh, or his post round interview. I, he actually didn't think it was over. He thought he had a good chance at one point. I thought it was before then. I thought 12 when Brooks missed the green at 12 and did not get up and down and put up a bogey there and Ron par, he had an easy two putt par. I was like, I just don't see him with two par fives left and a short par three left. I just don't see Rom throwing it away unless he hits it in the water on 15. That was the only thing that I thought could have happened. Um, so I said 12. I was like, as soon as he two putted on 12, I was like, it's over. Like there's no, you know, I guess the only people I thought that had a chance is if at that point, if Colin rolls off four birdies in a row, he probably has a chance. Uh, I think there was somebody else that if they rolled off four birdies in a row, they had a chance if he stayed right where he was, but it just wasn't going to happen. I mean, he had it and he had the bag. And so I said, I texted my roommate after 12 and I said, that's it. Surely he's going to win this thing. Um, so that was, that was my moment. Do you want to, did you hear what he said his was? Uh, what, what did he say? John, you're talking about John? He's, yeah. He said when he hit the fairway on 13, it, it hit him. I can, I can, this is, all I got to do is coast from here. On the second nine. See, I thought it was over before then. I thought it was over before yeah. then. Um, Did you really? Yeah. Uh, after when, Brooks had three bogeys on the front? Yeah, after the three bogeys on the front. Um, honestly, I, I, I felt like I felt like it was going to be that for him. It was going to be a um, scramble, a scramble round, which makes it to where you're not firing and making birdies and uh, making a going to make a charge. He was going to be playing defense uh, all round, and that's that was just a recipe for disaster. Um, and and yeah, going into going into twelve, he was only ten under, and the you know you already had eight posted in the clubhouse. So I thought he hits in the water on 12, all of a sudden it's tie ball game. Sure, sure. But I did, I did, did you feel like that was going to happen? Did you feel like John was going to? I would have, no. But then again, if he overcompensates, he could have done like Scotty Scheffler and hit it three days in a row up there in the damn bushes on 12. I I still don't understand that. On 11, uh, on 11, John hit a bomb on you know hit a bomb drive and mm-hmm. then he hit a um he hit one that looked like I think it, if if I'm not mistaken it looked like it was going to go left and it hung on is that is that am I right did or was that earlier today that was earlier he yeah he hit center of the green in the final round okay but the, he yeah, went center of the green an easy two putt and moved on there was one that was I I, I thought he might have hooked one in the water on 11 and that would have been you know that would have been you know double that would have been yeah but i mean brooks was lucky to even be in it uh if you really think about it because earlier in the day on 15 uh when he played it the first time he spun it off the green and it doesn't go in the water and then and he chips up makes an easy par like 
that could have easily been uh that could have easily been a double bogey and then mm-hmm. you know you're tied uh, uh going into the second uh, teeing off the second round instead of you mm-hmm. know having the lead so i just didn't feel like brooks had it um and you could kind of tell early it was going to be a struggle. It was going to be a struggle win if he won at all. Uh, and Rom is just good. He's the best player in the world. So yeah, he uh, he and he proved it today. So um, I thought Brooks had a chance going back to when they first teed off. I don't know if you remember Brooks hit it way left into two fairway, and then when he hit the green, I thought okay, like. He's bailed himself out. The confidence is there. You got a par five coming up if he gets a birdie. But then he just still just kind of laid one down there, then laid it in the bunker, and then didn't hit his putt coming back, and he parred two, and I thought, oh, this is not good. Uh, and then, and then, he, hit a, then he hit a good drive, hit a wedge up, didn't make the putt, didn't even really scare, and then Rom pours the birdie in. That's honestly – Right then and there, I was like, "This." I'm, I, I kind of felt it, but like when when Rom birdied three and he parted, I, I was like, "Oh, this, this is." This Isn't that crazy? Right. That's that's two years in a row. Because when Scheffler chipped in on three against Cam Smith, we were all like, "It's over," and yep. that was on three. Yep, yep. Another similarity with that between those two is Rom four putted the first hole uh, and mm-hmm. one, and Scheffler four putted the last hole and one, which is kind of crazy. But yep. anyway. uh Good, good stuff. Um, we're hoping for some fireworks. There wasn't a ton. There was, there was a bunch of guys that started making a bunch of birdies late, but it was too little, too late. Mm-hmm. Phil played great today. Um, thought maybe like a Russell Henley or a um, uh, who are some other uh, Patrick Reed. Thought Patrick Reed could probably probably make a run. Uh, he had was coming off a birdie at thirteen, then he I think he bogeyed fourteen. Goes back, birdies fifteen. Uh, and then hits it in the bunker on 16. I'm like, dang, man, if he, if he, you know, Patrick Reed, if Patrick Reed would have won, that could have been even the even bigger. <laughs> that could have even been a bigger shockwave yeah. than it. That'd have been big, way bigger than Brooks winning. Uh, I did say, uh, I, I texted um, my college roommate because he and I were going back and forth. And I just told him, I said, I think the magic number is 10. If somebody can get to 10, that may put some pressure on Rom. He'll start yeah. looking at the scoreboard, but just nobody could get there. And, you know, anytime you're in double digits and nobody else is, it just, for some reason, it seems like it's a lot easier. It's less pressure. As you said, you know, quote unquote, you know, in the mode where it's just, let's hit the fairway. Let's hit the center of the green, take our two putt, move on to the next hole. And, you know, every once in a while we may run a birdie in, but other than that, it should be easy, smooth sailing from here. And it'll like it. I mean, hell, the only trouble he had after that was when he got to 18 and the ball got kicked out in the, you know, he didn't make it to the fairway. That's the only trouble he had. Yeah, and he still made and he, par. And he still parred. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. All right, I want to move to the next topic. We got a couple of rapid-fire topics. Live golf coverage. So that was the early talk. Would it be fair? Um, how would it be received on television? Blah, blah, blah. There was no uh, featured groups on the first day of any live guys. Um, ben – Early takeaway, I've got something funny that I, I want to see if you caught um, that I think I thought was hilarious when it was said. But I, what's your overall takeaway? I think the coverage was fair over the weekend like it had to be. Uh, I do think Friday was better. I texted you. There were a couple of live guys and feature groups on Friday. I yep. think Thursday and the original matchups were totally purposeful. I think sure. that they did that on purpose, and, and they stuck live guys with guys that weren't 
no that weren't name guys, name brand guys, so they wouldn't be in the feature group on Thursday. Uh, and then they just didn't have much of a choice on Friday. And then for Saturday, when everything gets shuffled around, you kind of stuck with what you're stuck with. So um, was it fair? Thursday was definitely not. Friday probably evened it out a little bit. And then Saturday and Sunday, I just chalk up as a meh because they don't. I mean, they had to show Patrick Reedy was making birdies. They had to yeah. show Brooks because he was in the final group. Um, I didn't see DJ hit any. Of course, he did play. He did start on the back nine on the final round. Um, but I didn't see DJ but hit anything today. Good. But he didn't play. No, good. he didn't. Um, you know, other than that, the other live guys. You know, see, never saw. I never uh, saw. It's Opira. He they showed his chip in, so they did. They did yeah. cut away to show a good shot by a live guy. Yeah. Um, so I, I think thought overall it was okay. I mean, it was not. Definitely not slanted towards the PGA Tour, I don't think. I think they showed the live guys as much as they deserve to be showed. The guys, I, I think, I think the guys that were playing well got great coverage. I think the guys that hit great shots got great coverage. Um, guys like Bryson who go shoot 74, 74 and go home. I didn't even know he was in the tournament. Never saw him hit a shot. Not nope. one shot. Um, DJ. Never saw DJ hit a shot. I think DJ was right around even par. Heck, he may have been over par. I I, I don't know for the tournament. So um, there was there were several several guys that I didn't see, but I don't think they earned airtime. Like they didn't. I don't. No. I don't think it was anything other than they just played poorly. But a lot of live guys played great. Yeah, um, DJ shot eight over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did he even make the cut? Yeah, he made the cut. Yeah, uh, he shot eight over. Uh, Cam Smith shot four over another another guy that people wonder why they weren't you know why they weren't showing more than them. So I mean it you know it, Harold Varner had the line of the day when he was coming off and I read that uh, I screenshot it and I didn't I didn't ever send that to you but uh, somebody said you know how do you think you guys did and he said I'm not real sure I hadn't really looked at the leaderboard and he looked up at the leaderboard and saw that Brooks was up there and Patrick Reed was up there and he said ah oh, well apparently we're doing pretty good except for me I suck. <laughs> That's a great line, but this is the line. <laughs> I I, I want to see if anybody caught this because I laughed so hard when it was said by Jim Nance. Uh, and it was like, it was too perfect that he had to have written it down before and was like hoping he got a chance to say it. You're yeah. right. On 15, do you uh, the first time uh, that Brooks played it on Sunday, um, which was ending his third night, th- uh, his uh, third round, Brooks hooks it left, so he has to lay up, and he's behind the tree, so he he doesn't even really have a great like line to lay it up, so he lays it up uh, much further back, but it's right on the crosswalk. Okay, did you hear what Jim Nance said? <laughs> he said, "And there's Brooke on the CW." The crosswalk. <laughs> oh wow! Did you? you nobody I saw, caught. I no no. It got caught because I read about it on Twitter. I just never heard it. Never. He said never, that so was, I, somebody. Somebody posted about it. He said, "There's Brooks on the CW. That's the crosswalk." <laughs> That's, a I laughed, I That's a beautiful so line. I laugh. And you know how I am about lit. You know, I'm I'm going to take up for live, but I like good good lines and that was no that i was love good. good one-liners that was a that's a great one-liner that's that's well done surely they had to have that like he they had to have that like rehearsed and i was waiting i wanted to see the reaction because trevor immelman came up like directly after that 
And I was thinking he was just going to bust out laughing, but he didn't. I, I don't think, I don't think a lot of people caught it, but, oh, uh, well, Trevor doesn't know what the CW is. He's from South African. <laughs> <laughs> they should have uh, gone to somebody else, but yeah, props, Jim. That was a great, that was absolute perfection. Um, masterful troll there. So, uh, overall, again, I thought live coverage was, um, yeah, the ones that played well got the coverage that they should have gotten. Other than that, Thursday sucked, and I think they probably caught a lot of heck from it for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that made up for it. Um, yeah. Uh, Brandel still like Brandel could not get over the um the uh, Brandel could listen. Brandel could listen to multiple pros say that everybody does the whole uh, tell the other guy what club he hit type thing. You know what I mean? Here's a, this is, so if you, if you didn't, oh, I love that you brought this up. We hadn't even talked about that. I, I, I got a take on this, by yeah. the way. Well, so if you don't, if you don't know what happened, I think it was maybe the first round, the first round. Yeah. It was uh, first round. He was playing with Gary Woodland. Yeah. Gary Woodland Brooks uh, is on 15. He hits a uh, five iron uh, to the middle of the green uh, on and two. And it, they catch the caddy saying five. To and but it, they don't really know who he's saying it to, but it kind of looks like he's saying it to Gary Woodland's caddy. Gary Woodland hits next. Uh, Brooks actually holds up five. Um, and there is a rule that says like giving advice to other people or whatever is a violation. It's two shot penalty, whatever. Um, Br- Brandel would not let that go. Like he 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 would not let that go. And like multiple people, Nota Begay said it. Um. Who's the Irish guy this, that was on there all weekend? I can't think of his name, but yeah, he, said he said it was not a big deal. There was multiple guys that said we do this all the time, like like. And then later, like if, if you listen to Bru- uh, Brooks's post around press conference, they were talking about a certain hole, and they were talking about a certain hole, and. Uh, it was when Brooks flew Brooks had like a really good drive and flew the green there at what happened there. And he's like, well, um, I'm about a club longer with my irons than John. And I knew he hit a seven. So I was going to hit a, and it's like, wait a minute. How, how do we know that? How do you know that? Like, like exact, because this is clearly something that always is always happens like it i mean i'm sure there's probably some dudes that want to like hide the iron or like play tricks or whatever but it doesn't seem like it's that big of a doesn't seem like it's that big no. of a deal no you and i do it i mean whenever we play we do it all the time what'd you hit because i know that you're a couple of clubs ahead of me i'm like what'd you swing there yeah and and so that was that first and foremost randall let it go because um as brooke said gary is about a half a club to a club longer than brooks and Gary was 15 yards in front of Brooks. So there's no chance Gary's hitting a friggin' five right there. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. Number two, a caddy chimed in. Now, they did not use this excuse, and they didn't say it. Uh, although I think that uh, Gary's caddy alluded to it. They have two spotters on 15 and a spotter on 16. That is for the television coverage. And yeah. both of them, Brooks' caddy mouthed five, and Brooks gave the five sign. And that's the thing is they said that they were talking to one of those spotters that was that they got a spotter that's up there in the landing area in case they go for it. And they got another spotter that's down there in the layup area to if, you, if they're eating sand or lob or whatever they're hitting. So yeah. that's for TV purposes. So like the, for TV, yeah, for, for the TV. commentator can say he's hitting a five iron in there. You know what, you know what I mean? Like that's how yeah. they know 
uh, Dottie. They're telling Dottie what club yes. they're hitting. Like they tell Dottie what club they're hitting. So, and another thing, the angle they showed, neither Gary nor Gary's caddy were looking at him when they said it. Well, I, I think they probably, I think they probably were talking amongst each other because I think everybody does it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a deal. I don't, I don't think you really super get the, the rule states. You, you know, you can't ask for advice. I don't think they were asking for advice. He, you know, Gary didn't look across the way and go, hey, man, what'd you hit there? What should I hit here? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't ask that. That's the rule. The rule isn't that if I hit it and I hit it bad, I turn around and look at you and go, man, that was a terrible four iron. And then you're like, oh, we hit a four. Like, you know. Well, well here's, maybe here, here's another six. thing. Here's another thing. And I thought Brandel did a terrible job explaining why this is a big deal. What if – what if Gary takes that advice and it's a and it and it's and it puts him right in the middle of the green and that's something that he wouldn't have known and then now they've got an unfair advantage moving forward blah 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 blah. Well, like what if they're what if they're coming off the green and he says, "What'd you hit back there?" Uh, yeah, I hit a five iron, and he notes that, and then if he's in the same spot the next round, is that an unfair advantage? Like, what I mean, what are we talking yeah. about? Like that. It's just uh, yeah, like where, like where does where does it stop? Because that's another thing. Is somebody brought up one of the caddies that I follow on uh, on Twitter? He said, "So what have you told him? Five. Gary's a longer hitter than he is. So if Gary hits five right there, he probably parks it in the middle of that pond on sixteen. On sixteen, like, yeah, yeah. Like I think that the only reason Brandel was harping about this is because Brooks is a lip guy, and he could have won, and he thought he was he had a really good shot of winning. Yes, and he thought yeah. he had a good shot of winning, so he wanted to have a two stroke penalty. Exactly." Exactly, which makes you a huge bitch, by the way. Sorry, I just had to say that. <laughs> if that's if we want to win, if we want to win on technicalities and not just beating another guy, then you're a huge, you know what? You're yeah. a gaping one of those, is what you are, Brandel. He blocked me on Twitter, by the way. Did uh, he really? He yeah. still hasn't blocked me. So um, you didn't even cuss at him. That's what gets me. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you something that looks so good it'll make you want to cuss. You're just like, man, <laughs> these are amazing. <laughs> No, uh, Bad Birdie Golf, guys, you got to check them out. Yes. Um, use your coupon code uh, DAD15 and save 15% off. Uh, I have like seven or eight polos now. And I'm going to – Yes, uh, you do. Two hats. I mean, I'm in love with this stuff. I, the The material is phenomenal. They, they're they lightweight. They're loud. The, the great, great prints, great colors. But they don't feel like a cheap shirt. They feel like a very high-quality, you know – you name it brand that's what mm-hmm. they i mean they're gonna feel just like you won't be able to tell the difference um uh they're already inexpensive they're def way under a hundred dollars but when you take another 15 percent off you just save that much more they got pullovers as well they got hats uh, uh po- tons of polos mm-hmm. shorts pants they got it all club head um, covers club head covers putter head covers driver head covers um just a cool logo too um and it kind of it's kind of fitting because like the birdies we make are probably bad birdies. Like this is just how I, I don't know how many pretty birdies we make. It's normally it's definitely be, unplanned. Yeah, definitely unplanned. Exactly. So check them out. Bad birdie golf. Um, stand. You know, if you want to stand out and feel good while you're playing, there you go. Bad birdie. <laughs> All right. Uh, next topic. Uh, three live golfers in the top five. Um. Is that a big accomplishment? Uh, I know it's sort of moral victory-esque. Does that help push them forward, or does or does Brooks losing sort of overshadow that? 
So what's I guess what's more impactful on live um, the, the the three uh, golfers in the top five or Brooks sort of wilting and losing uh, there at the end. I'm going to go three in the top five. And the reason being is because uh, I just think that's impressive. I mean, I know it's a smaller field. We're not talking about the U.S. Open. We're not talking about the Open Championship. But, uh, you know, three in the top five is huge considering because I, I honestly think it could have been better. I know DJ didn't put his best foot forward this weekend. So, because uh, I picked DJ to probably be one of those that finished in the top 10. I did not pick Phil Mickelson finished tied for second. I can tell you no. that right now. Uh, but two live guys tying for second, Mickelson and Kepka, and then Reed in there tying, tying for fourth. Uh, I just think that's, I think that's big for their brand. I think that's, that's big for them to, you know, it, it's a reminder of those that haven't watched them this year is to, to maybe tune over. Yeah. They can still play. They can still go off their ball. And, and honestly, I mean, Kyle, they, I, you know, I've, I've been going back and forth with these people on Twitter today. I'm sick of the anti-lifts. Just be pro-golf. I know we keep saying that, but it's just frustrating because you got to see the best guys in the world play today and and play this weekend, not necessarily play today, but they got to play this weekend. And so this is just a gentle reminder that, you know, three out of the top five guys being live guys that, hey, these guys can play. Maybe I flip over and watch a little bit of them. I mean, I think I think that's more of an issue on Liv's part to get rid of that uh, shotgun start crap that they do and, and possibly, you know, make it the everyday golf fan love it. Um, and because I think they just got some changes they got to make on their broadcast. But uh, I, I do think more than Brooks failing because he still finished second, I think it's more of a long – because, I mean, he lost to John Rahm, who's one of the hottest golfers on tour this year. So, I mean, at one point in time, Rahm had won – five out of his last seven tournaments dating back to last year. That's, I, I don't think it was necessarily as much of a meltdown as much as it was, you know, Rom just hung in there and stayed steady the entire time. And uh, Brooks had a bad day and ended up faltering because at the end of the day, Phil had a good day. Right. And Reed in, had a good day. In a vacuum, in a vacuum, I agree with you. I agree mm -hmm. with you in a vacuum, but perception wise, I think it I think the Brooks thing hurts over way far overshadows the uh the three guys in the top five than just them being in the top five. I think I think from a perception standpoint, and this is kind of goes into the uh another topic that I want to talk about. Uh fifty four holes. They can't they're 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 not as sharp. They're they're not they can't push forward and, and win a major even when they have the lead they're not used to playing 72 holes blah 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 this is an indictment on that um i think that from a perception standpoint the way it went down will overshadow the fact that three guys uh on a tour beat the crap out of a ton of pga tour guys uh that that is <laughs> that are laughed at that are mocked by uh, by golf media that are mocked by old man, uh, you know, Puritan golf guy. I mean, that they, they, they you, you know you get what I'm saying. Like that they're, yeah. mocked, they're they're you know, and they 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 came in and they took care of business. Um, and a lot of dudes played well. A lot of guys played well. Not just um, you know, not just those three. So Cam Smith played well. 
Um, he couldn't quite get it going. The, the, the conditions were tough. Uh, but I just think, I'm, unfortunately, um, I think the the way that Brooks sort of I, – I, I'm just going to say wilted. I mean, the way he kind of lost it there, I think will overshadow how well those dudes played, unfortunately. See, I don't buy into the whole 54-hole thing because Phil Mickelson's 52 years old and he did just fine today. Uh, Fat Prick Reed is not in the best shape in the world and he did just fine today. So clearly, I mean, they weren't too tired. I don't know that, you know, if fatigue got anything to do, had anything to do with Brooks, I don't think it's because of 54 holes. I think it was because he played 10 holes this morning and then turned around and played 18 again this afternoon. So uh, maybe 28 holes in one day had something to do with him instead you of. Don't buy, uh, you don't buy that. Uh, the 54 holes, the uh, you're already paid up front, so the the pressure is off. Like, do you grind? You may not grind as hard. You may be sort of relaxed. Like, you don't buy you don't buy any of that Mm-mm. any of that narrative. No, I think when they get in between the lines, I think that those guys are competitors. I think they like to compete. I think the money's a bonus, but no, nah, I don't I don't buy into that. I think those guys want to win, no matter if they're I don't care if they're, they're rolling dice or they're you know at a blackjack table. I think they want to win regardless sure i i just until one of them does it though this is going to be this is going to be a question and i mean it it's got to be it's got to do something to your at least maybe like your mental sharpness like like uh you're you're not playing in the you know the players you're not playing in like the Arnold Palmer and you're not playing in these right. big events all year with the, you know, the best players in the world trying to go out there and, you know, knock each other off. Um, and it's sort of like a party. You're, you're sort of a relaxed, you know, you know, atmosphere at live. I mean, it's, it's not super uptight and it's not, I don't feel like it's super, you know, out there grinding. I mean, Surely it has to have some sort of effect, like maybe some sort of effect. Oh, I think that, it has like, some sort of, yeah. When I you think get in that some. moment, when you get in that moment, um, you know, you don't, you, you, the only way you can, can like, the only way you're, you can a- be able to handle those type of moments is if you're in them a lot. Yeah. Like the live sort of completely removes that to where you only have four times a year, essentially, where you're mm-hmm. in that moment, uh, in those type of moments. So, I don't know. I feel like it's got to affect some aspect of it from maybe, maybe if it's just mentally, you know, you know what I'm being able to handle the pressure or being able to, you know, I don't, I don't even really know. Like just you being said, able the best to- thing you, the best thing you said was them being able to remain sharp. Cause I think the one thing that I think we can all agree with, with live is these guys are very regimented. They're very OCD. You see their routines that they do whenever they go to the course, they hit the same damn clubs and warm up. They have the same putting routine over and over. They have the same bunker routine when they're warming up. So the fact that they are doing that once every four weeks or then they do it two weeks in a row and then they take four weeks off and then go three weeks in a row and then they take a month and a half off, I think the sharpness, that's one of the first things you said. I think that's probably the key to it. I don't. Yeah. I think that it's tough for them to – maintain that concentration sharp because think about it Kyle if, if you and I but if we we're playing on that tour and we had I don't know five weeks off one of those weeks you're going to spend time with family I mean you may pick up a club but you're probably not going to be grinding out there on the range and yeah you know 
sitting on the putt and green and, and treating it because you know, you got four other weeks to prepare before the next tournament. So you're going to take some time, let your body heal, that kind of stuff. And uh, not that, the, you know, not that PGA tour players don't do that, but PGA tour players may take what two weeks off at max. A lot of time. I mean, during the if season, that, if that, you know, and, and, you know, that's just because they've been grinding for five weeks in a row and then they may take two off, you know, leading into uh, say a major or something like that. So I think the sharpness and consistency, if there's anything, if if you're at the end of this season, if you're DJ and you're Brooks and those guys, you probably go to live and say, hey, we need to get something a little more regimented. Like, I understand that y'all don't want to compete against majors and you don't want to compete against the Arnold Palmer or the players, but this going six weeks between tournaments is not going to bode well for us if we want to play in majors. Well, true, but I think they got they got to do some of that so they can go play in like on Asian tour events and get world ranking points. Right. So, right. I, mean, I don't know. I just I wonder how sharp, mentally sharp, you can be um, when you got to hit those pressure putts because you're. I just don't feel like you have that feel on the live tour right now. And and yeah, I, and I, don't, I don't think, think Brooks, that that's what I don't think. I don't think Brooks played well at all. And I don't think that's what the live tour is like. I don't think that's the way it's built. I, I think it's supposed to be, you know, a more fun, uh, lean on your, you know, team, the team aspect. Right. And uh, uh, so, uh, I don't know, until somebody wins one, until somebody wins one, that's this is going to be the narrative. And the Brooks deal, this was the first time that someone's been in, really in contention. Uh, I mean, Brooks is the first live guy to actually, I think, actually have a lead in a, in a, uh, in a major. So, mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a talking point moving forward. So, and, and I think it's that that's going to overshadow the fact that three dudes finish in the top five. So, unfortunately, but that's just me. That's just me. Uh, last thing, talk about really quick. Uh, Tiger Woods withdraws. Um, I did not know. I was very concerned for some videos that I saw. There was a video mm-hmm. of right before they blew the whistle where he looked like his leg could break up like the way he he was scared to step because it, it it hurt so bad. But then I come, it comes, I come to find out that it's plantar fasciitis uh, in, in, in that same foot, which has nothing to do with his, with has nothing to do with his actual leg. It's more like a tendonitis yeah. uh, in his, in his, you know, whatever the plantar is, I guess it's your, foot, have, you, have you ever had it? Have you ever had I've never, it? I've you never ever, had it. Ever, it's terrible. You ever, have you ever known a person that had it? The only person, um, no, no, I, I've never known so someone a buddy of mine, personally that's had it. I've a buddy of mine that plays with us. He had it a couple of years ago, and um, he had it in the same foot as Tiger. He had it in the right foot. Let me tell you something. He lived all. He said it hurt like really bad. Yeah. Uh, like he he and he didn't even have his leg crushed. So I couldn't imagine having it on like, top of that in that same foot on top of having a leg that's got pins and needles and rods and everything else in it. So yeah. Um, I, and, and this guy's like a tough guy. Like he's he's somebody that he doesn't really like he doesn't really complain about you know injuries or you know a nagging back or something like that or like his knee hurting if he turns a certain way. He literally was walking like Tiger was walking, and like at, towards the end of one of our rounds, and then he didn't play for another three weeks because uh, he he was one of the guys that like played with us like every Sunday afternoon. He played with us and. He said it hurt. And even when he came back and started playing, he still limped around a little bit. And then yeah. that's not even – that's playing 18 holes on a Sunday. That's not playing 18, 18, 18, and 18 in a row. So I yeah. couldn't imagine how hard it was for him to do. So 
those that are, you know, wonder, well, what is plantar fascia? And I think there's different degrees of it, but I'm just going to, I'm telling you the only person I've ever seen that had it real bad. I wouldn't wish it on your any. foot. It's in the bottom of your foot. It's not in, it's in the leg. bottom of your foot. And you actually, when you get it tested, it, it goes through the bottom and up through the heel. A lot of people think that they've torn their Achilles. That's how bad it is. Yeah. And then they get down there and they're like, nope, Achilles isn't torn. You got plantar fasciitis. Yeah, exactly. I remember the, our, our, the first time I ever even heard of it, I, I was I, the, the Chicago, I think it was Joachim Noah was playing for the Bulls or something like that. And that was like mm-hmm. one of the things they always talked about. Like he would like, they were trying to go on a playoff run and he was, they were really good at the time. And he was, um, you know, out with plantar fasciitis. I'm like, I've never even, I've never even heard of this, you know? Um, so hey, you can't yeah. jump, you can't, you can't cut, you can't move, you know, that's, in his but that made me feel better. I said all that to say, it makes mm-hmm. me feel better that, that's not the reaction of his body to, uh, you know, that is hook on that leg. Like that wasn't his yeah. leg. Here's another thing we're going to have to just get, you're going to have to understand that the limping, there may be some pain there, but the limping is a, is, uh, is due to the mechanism. Now the, the limping yeah. is permanent. Like for example, there's people that have scoliosis that have like a they they limp and, and they can't walk correctly. They're they're not necessarily in pain. That's just the way the mechanism right. of their body is. It makes them walk with a limp or walk with ha- have issues uh, that yeah. way. He's going to always limp like forever. That doesn't mean that he's in pain uh, all the time. Now I'm sure it's uncomfortable, uh, but I, I don't think that if you're in, I'm I'm trying to sum this up. In that I don't think that if you're in so much pain, if if the pain causes you to limp and and it's like he's doing, he's not gonna play. Like you can't play, no, nope. you can't walk and play. That is just the mechanism. The mechanism that's in his leg right now, the the rebuilt leg, I don't know if it's a little bit shorter. I don't know if it's it doesn't flex all the way like when he's walking, like because of it's been rebuilt, it's going to make him limp. Like it's just gonna make him limp. And if he was if he was in pain, if the pain caused the limp, there's no way he could play because he limps every step. So that would mean that he's having to walk 72 holes whenever he plays and not counting all the practice rounds and pro-ams and things like that. Like there's just no way you could do that with a pain that causes you to limp. So that I, I feel better about the chances that he could still continue to play for a little bit. Um, because it was considered plantar fasciitis and not like a strain or something to do with the actual leg. Did that and make Kyle, any sense? At, at the end of the day, he's been doing this for over a year. This may be just his natural walk. That may be the only way he knows how to walk now. I mean, this yeah, may be a habit forming. Yeah. And, and, and that's why it does. And can you imagine if you had that rebuilt leg? Can you imagine any like if a mosquito bit you on your leg and you felt pain? You'd be like, oh, crap, what now? Like you'd constantly Trusting. be wondering what. Yeah, like yeah, what's going on with that leg? Uh, and he I probably mean, was walking gingerly. He was probably yes. walking gingerly because of how wet it was. Like, what if yes. I slip? But like he he got he got one foot in the bunker and one foot mm-hmm. out on eighteen. Uh, and I thought he was gonna break his. I thought I mean everybody's like, oh my god, this is where it happens. And he, I mean, <laughs> he kept going. Like he kept going. Yeah. Like I wouldn't think you could even do that if you're you know in that much pain that you limp every step, but. Mm-hmm. Regardless, I, I I I'm optimistic because of it being plantar fasciitis and not just his leg was hurting. Because 
if his leg that's was, the real diagnosis. If that's the real diagnosis. It, he's, it, he's very private. That may be something just thrown out there to make us quit asking questions. I don't know. The way that he was walking and it was, it seemed like it hurt for his foot. Like it, it, it was like he had a, uh, like, I don't know, like he was stepping on something hot. You know what I mean? Like he was, mm-hmm. he was really worried of putting pressure on his foot. It, I believe it. I, I do believe uh, that it's that it's something to do with some type of plantar yeah. fasciitis or tendonitis in in his foot. It did not. I don't know. It just didn't seem like a leg thing to me. I could be totally wrong. He may never play again. But I, I'm 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 optimistic. <laughs> I'm optimistic based off. No, of I agree that. with you. I completely based agree off with of that. You. So, um, anyways, y'all have a great week. Um, we'll talk again soon. Uh, there's some some stuff. Uh, some stories that came out of the Masters that we want to talk about that weren't necessarily golf related, and just see. Uh, what we think, what y'all think about it, what we think about it, and we'll 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 talk about that a little bit later. So, uh, happy Monday after the Masters. Uh, hope y'all enjoyed it. Hope you had a great Easter. Hope you just had a great weekend in general. And uh, let's have a great week. So, uh, episode two seventy nine of Dad Bod Golf Pod. We're always always broken. You've been listening to. The Dad Bod Golf Pod. Always stroking. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.